I'm your host, Will Diamond, the most fabulous special guest referee in all of the lands. <laughs> and I'm Jake Murphy, your resident. I hate everything unless we're talking about Japanese wrestler, wrestling guy. And you're listening to Guys in a Go Go, so we're going to talk about something I like. And it's today's episode, we have a very special guest. We have none other than the man with the fuzziest coat and the most luscious curls, John Biven. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you having me. Anytime. I, you were one of those people that I just happened to randomly find you on like my suggested friends on Facebook because I'd been asking... Jake, like we need to get this Bivens dude on <laughs> for Gajinagogo. Because first time I'd met you was, I think it was 2020 at uh, Tyler's show, and I remember talking to you about the Go Shizaki versus Fujita main event that I constantly bring up on the podcast. It's the one where they just <laughs> stare at each other for 30 minutes. Right. Right. And then we were talking about a bunch of just random current shit going on at the Clash of Carpet City show. So I was like, okay, this dude clearly loves some current Japanese wrestling and not just New Japan. So I absolutely need him on the show. Well, thank you. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> like on the shows that we, we both work, I feel like there's not a lot of people that keep up with like anything outside of New Japan. So I remember you said something about Noah that night and I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, I want to have like a conversation with him because like he he's into like more than just like the surface level stuff. So. Oh, yeah. Noah is like Noah and DDT are easily my two favorite companies to keep up with. Yeah, DDT is becoming one of my favorites. Uh, I'm really excited for Peter Pan this year with uh, Daisuke Sasaki and uh, Desperado. That match is going to be so good. I'm honestly hoping they give it some kind of like street fight stipulation. Because anytime they let Sasaki do a gimmick match, I feel like he does really well. And Desperado's recent string of his couple of death matches in GCW are really good. And it's looking like he's going to be doing that again around July. I think it's either 4th or 5th. He's got a tag match with I'm Blake. Oh, with June Kasai against Moxley yeah. and Homicide, and then the next night a singles hardcore with Moxley. I yeah, don't know. Just about and you I'm down for anything, including Sasaki. That's my long lost Japanese brother. Yeah, I was gonna ask if you had seen the uh, the GCW stuff with uh, Desperado because uh, Cheap Plug on my own podcast. I uh, actually did a sh uh, solo review of uh, both of those GCW shows that he was on. And that was one thing I noticed was I've never seen Desperado so happy before. Like, he came out there and it's like he wasn't even in character at all. He was just smiling. Like, he seemed so, so happy to just be, like, bleeding buckets. It was honestly really surreal. So I did watch both shows 
and I liked his Tournament of Survival match better than the Janela one, but it was still very surreal seeing him come out, and you can see that excitement, and he's really hyped to be here, not like the normal nonchalant little saunter through the curtain <laughs> that he does. It's weird seeing Desperado become the I'm really excited to be here, guys, kind of wrestler. Yeah, he's he's doing great in it though. I I don't think anybody could have imagined how like naturally it would come. I mean, like ever since that death match that he had with Kasai, and what was it like December or something? Like he's just been like string after string of just really good matches, and his stuff in Best of the Super Juniors was really good too. Oh yeah, he had an incredible performance, which does bring us to our next topic. Personally, my favorite tournament of the year, Best of the Super Juniors. We just had our finals not too long ago with the prophecy finally being fucking fulfilled. Gaijin Agogo's number one wrestler, Master Watto, winning the <laughs> We fucking love Master Watto. The only person in wrestling that is allowed to do Germans now. Yes, good God. That Everest German, did, did he start doing that in Best of the Super Juniors or was he doing that before? Because that was the first time I ever saw him do it. And I was like, good God, that's amazing. He hit a couple on um, Hiromu, didn't he, at Kingdom? Yes, that was the first time I truly... He's done Germans before, but not like that. And Wrestle Kingdom this year was the first time it really stood out to me. And that shit is... How is a man that small hitting twice the German Brock Lesnar could ever fucking dream of? They're just water yeah, super Not to mention, it's always got 10 out of 10 form with the bridge. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? That has to be destroying his lower back. They're just water suplexes now. Just water. Yeah, they're water suplexes. They're not Germans anymore. <laughs> but Watto getting the victory up over another one of my favorite boys. I'm glad he finally got some shine this year in Teton. Yeah, Teton looked great, like, the whole tournament long. Uh, I mean, there there were a lot of guys that, like, really stood out, but, like, Teton was a guy that I wasn't expecting much from, like, going in that I think, like, really exceeded my expectations. He did, too, and I even had high expectations for him because any time they give him an inch, he takes a mile, and I feel like he always well exceeds everyone's expectations every time they bring him over to New Japan. But I didn't expect him to make finals, and I was so happy for it. Well, it was, but, I mean, yeah. there was so many standout performances. I mean, Speedball fit in like a fish in water. I thought Leo did good. Honestly, I thought they were going to give it to Leo there towards the end of the tournament. Yeah, I definitely felt like uh, Leo had a good chance, like starting off, but. Like what? What was you guys like? Match of the tournament, like finals and like semis, not included. Oh, um, any Watto match. <laughs> Eton versus Speedball was definitely one of them. That match was absolutely fucking bonkers. I really loved um, Dan Maloney and Clark Connors. Yeah, Dan Maloney. Yeah blew me away i was familiar with him some i'd seen him a little bit on the european indies 
and wasn't the biggest fan. But granted, that was several years ago. And holy shit, kids lost so much weight. Jack does fuck look incredible. That's, and that's the thing. That's how he looked in the tournament. And like the New Japan Road shows that he's been on like lately, he's gotten even leaner since the tournament. Yeah. Because I remember when they first announced him, I was like, oh, he's coming over? There's no way he's a fucking junior. He was kind of beefy. And holy shit. Yep, there's a junior bill under there. Yeah, he uh, he looks great. But I, I have to play the one-upmanship game and say that my favorite match of the tournament, going back to El Desperado, was like Desperado and Clark Connors. I forget like what night it was. But they were, like, fifth match on the card, and, like, everything up to that point had been, like, super short. And they went out there, and they just had, like, a crowd brawl for, like, 15 minutes. And uh, I think they went out... I can't remember if that was the match where they went outside the building or not. No, that was uh, that was one of the Hiroma matches. But they just did, like, crowd brawling and just selling. And it was so good. Like, and for a fifth match on the card, they worked it like it was a main event, and the crowd, like, bought it as a main event. It, it was, like, it was, like, the best atmosphere of a match, like, the whole tournament to me. I remember watching that one, and by the time it ended, because it went way longer, there was everything you could put into a send-the-crowd-home-happy main event match, and then it was just like, all right, and here's our next contest, and I was like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. But I thought the whole tournament, Clark Connors looked like a star. I firmly think he's the next big gaijin for the junior division. I want it to be Dan Maloney, but I feel like Clark Connors will be their big heel, and they've clearly got big things planned for Francesco Akira later down the road. Oh, yeah. Akira had a great tournament, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, the, the one thing that I love about Clark Connors is in the year of our Lord 2023, his gimmick and the way he gets heat is by swearing and by drinking alcohol. Like that that's his whole like stick right now. And they eat it up every time. They fucking love it. And it's wild because he's literally just doing Yoshinobu Kanamaru, who was also in the tournament. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I hadn't thought of it like that, but yeah, very similar. I mean, it's a bit more swearing and less. It's like if you have the slider of slightly dialed less on the alcohol and more on the swearing, but they eat it <laughs> up. And he's his offense looks fucking incredible. He has honestly think he might have one of the best spears in wrestling right now. Yeah, he's got a definite high ceiling. Like what you were talking about, I think he is going to be one of like the top guys in uh, as a junior heavyweight. But I mean, he's also got like a decent bit of size too. So I mean, you never know. In a couple of years, they might might give him the Shingo treatment and kind of bump him up. Oh, but I he's... guarantee you they will. They wouldn't put Gato with a junior if he wasn't going to eventually move up. Yeah. Well, he's got, like, a definite presence right now. I think he's still trying to work things out, like, gimmick-wise. Yeah. Like, what exactly he is. Because he still comes out with, like, the safari hat. But then, like, also, like, the stone-cold vest. And then you got the swearing and the drinking on top of it. So, I think he's still trying to kind of narrow it down. But once he gets there, I think you're in for, like, a really good package. 
I I definitely feel like he's starting to get it because even before he joined Bullet Club, his entrance gear was starting to really come together. He had some really fucking razzly dazzly cowboy hats. There was one pink one he did with the tassels that it was at I want to say the Impact show that I fucking adored, and then he immediately joins Bullet Club. Yeah, yeah. It's like a fun act to me joining Bullet Club. But then moving things along in OU Hold That Note about Bullet Club because they had a fucking massive dominion. They were probably the biggest headline to come out of that pay-per-view other than goddamn Yoda Suji's dope now. <laughs> <laughs> Did you uh, see where Suji actually showed up on the, uh, the Noah show on uh, Thursday? Yes, he did, like a cheeky little fucker, but at least he paid for his ticket, which is all Keno wants. Yeah, I I don't I don't know. It was weird because like he came out during the uh, the Kia Mia match, so I'm trying to figure out where that one goes. I'm assuming because my prediction already is Kia Mia is going to win his block in the G1. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And- I definitely see them doing something like that. Like, they're definitely going to end up having Kiyomiya at Wrestle Kingdom in some capacity. And I'm assuming they're going to feed him Suji either there or before then if they want to try to do another Okada match at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. Or there's always the possibility that you could have Suji cost Kiyomiya the match versus Okada to give you a slower build to the Wrestle Kingdom match, too. You could. I think they could make magic together. Suji's offense is exactly the kind of wrestler that makes Kiyomiya look the best. He needs a dude that can just fucking truck him over. And yeah, something needs a fucking truck. That whole... We'll even just start with the main event, because honestly, it was... A really good match, but I don't think that this was the right main event for Dominion. Yeah, I, I kind of felt that way going into just from like a marquee standpoint. And I'm not sure like how they did on ticket sales or anything, but there were, from what I remember, there were like some empty spaces in the crowd. Uh, but I mean, from a marquee standpoint, yeah, it left a little bit to be desired. But in ring, I think they definitely did their best to deliver. Um, yeah, I mean, the key to it to me was from Suji's perspective of uh, the crowd didn't know like what his big moves were. So pretty much anytime he hit anything, they were like, oh, my God, this could be the finish. So it had like an air of unpredictability that I don't think he really felt it, like a New Japan uh, like made event in several years because yeah. they, you're so accustomed to the pattern of, OK, we can kind of like just chill for like the first 15 minutes because it's not going to end until we get at least like 20 to 25. So, but this one, like the whole time he was like teasing the spear early, which the people bought. And then Okada or um, Sonata, when he got the skull end in, he got that in like two or three minutes into the match. So even I was kind of looking at it like, are they about to end this early and like do something like storyline wise? So I, I think it, uh, I think it benefited from that. I honestly thought they were going to give Suji the fucking belt. I was buying into everything he was hitting because, yeah, I've seen a few of his matches in CMLL. He ain't been wrestling like this down there. 
And yeah. so I didn't know what to expect and what would be his big finish, but everything he hit had so much impact to it that you could buy half of his moves as a finisher. Yeah, especially that curb stomp. That was that was near fall that got me. When I saw that, I was like, that that's a fucking finish. That he's winning the belt. I thought it was good and I definitely agree with you in that by the end of the match, I was more than satisfied with what they delivered. It felt like a big main event and there was that air of unpredictability. But I do feel like in terms of the build up, having that go on for Dominion, which is their second biggest for the year, that's felt like more of a like a soccer genesis type main event. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I like that they tried something different, and I, I personally get kind of tired whenever they do like the build up to these big shows, and they have these preview tag matches that they do over and over and over again, where it's like the same two guys in the main event with like just the cavalcade of partners over and over. So it kind of burns you out on the main event before you ever get there. I, while I don't always enjoy that. I think just a little like taste of something or some sort of like other angle outside of like what they did would have added like some more heat to the match. Yeah, it was. I definitely think that there could have been more to capitalize on it, but it did its job. And overall, I feel like the main job of Dominion was we've set up the plate at Wrestle Kingdom for some of these new guys to be the next stars for New Japan, but I feel like Dominion was officially them pulling the trigger on most everyone in there. They are clearly rocket shipping Shota Umino straight to the fucking moon with that six man by immediately having him go in and beef with Okada. So honestly, if it's not Kiyomiya at Wrestle Kingdom for Okada, it's gotta be Umino. It would be We've talked about it before where it's like there's it's almost like trickle down economics in New Japan where it's like they've shaken things up with Okada so much that now it's like everybody's kind of benefiting from it because you've got the thing with Kiyomiya and Okada, you've got Umino and Okada, and then you even got like a subplot kind of between like Narita and Umino between, like, who's going to get to Okada first and stuff, just, like, their interaction and, like, tag matches and stuff. They've been doing a lot of stuff lately where, like, you know, if they're in a tag match against Okada, like, they'll shove each other to see, like, who gets to stay in the ring and, like, take on Okada first. So I'm, I'm having a lot of fun with, like, the dynamics that they're just kind of playing with a little bit now. I'm, I absolutely adore Ren Narita. Out of all the, I'd call them the new kids on the block. But out of all the new kids on the block that have been fully set up, he is by far my favorite. And I know he honestly has the lowest ceiling realistically out of any of them other than like fucking Hikaleu. <laughs> like Umino, Suji, and fuck, even I think Alex Coughlin, who is now officially a new kid on the block, I think we'll all go so much further because Ren Narita very much seems to be like, all right, you're going to be our next never division god. 
Yeah, that it does seem kind of what he's being uh, groomed for right now. But uh, I I don't know. Like, I go back and forth on Narita. I, I like him a lot. I think it's been interesting to see, like, how he's changed lately. Like, to me, physically, he's put on, like, a little bit of weight and not necessarily just, like, straight into, like, muscle mass. Like, he's just, like, a little bit of, like, a heavier guy. And so I don't know if it benefits him more to try and stay like a little bit leaner and kind of teeter on like that junior line a little bit, but he's being positioned as a heavyweight, but I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see where things go with him and I always enjoy watching him, but like you said, I don't know what the, what the ceiling is exactly for him yet. I hope it's high, but I honestly think he has Ishii's ceiling. I think they're penciling him in to be the next version of Ishii or Shibata where they will hold that mid card the fuck down and that's about it yeah do you do you think he's the one to uh take the title off the saber when it's time uh no because I have my own vision for where that will go and who will beat saber and his name is Samoa Joe I want Samoa Joe to win every fucking TV belt, be the king of television, because that was a really fun run, and then actually run with it for a full fucking year. Okay, okay. Which uh, also I mean, thought, then gives an excuse to bring Joe to New Japan. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's uh, a, a pipe dream, but it, it's good for us to all have dreams. I but, yeah, I'm I'm like, out of anybody on the roster, Narita's a good shot, but honestly, I feel like they're going to give it to... It's going to be, I guarantee, someone really fucking random. Like, I honestly could see it being someone like Taguchi. Winning the TV title? Yes. I think they're going to give him that as a here's your flower. Even though they kind of buried him at Super Junior? Dude, they buried the dog shit out of him at Super Junior. But it was also <laughs> great because, like, you... It was one of... Probably the only tournament I've ever seen a dude where you know he's gonna lose every fucking match, but you want him to win so bad. And then when he finally did on the last night, amazing moment. Yeah, it gave me, like, Yuji Nagata's last G1 vibe. Seeing Taguchi like in Beth and year. That is one of my all time favorite wrestling runs. Just that stretch of Yuchi Nagata, especially when he beat Shibata for the Never Open Weight belt. And Milano is sobbing on the headset. <laughs> they kind of buried Kushida as Super Junior, too, didn't they? Yes, but it's serving a, a grander purpose. Hmm. Okay, so what do you think the grander purpose is? Because I was going to say turn on Kevin Knight, and then they didn't do that, and there's like not going to be any major like junior shows that they're going to be on until like end of G1 in like, you know, August. So I, I definitely think it is leading to him turning on Kevin Knight, because they already, I think they telegraphed it a little too much that Kevin Knight's just gonna end up tagging with Yo 
which I think honestly does neither of them any favors because Yo needs to, he's finally figured out his stuff, so they need to capitalize on him sooner than later. Because I honestly think that him and Doki also have a very good shot at being the one to beat Saber. Okay, yeah, I could I could see Doki. They, uh, I really liked what they did with like that mini feud with Naito that he had earlier on. Like, obviously, you got beat, but like he showed a lot in those matches. Like, Doki is one of the most like improved guys I think I've like ever seen. I fucking adore Doki. He is every time you see him wrestle, he gets better and better. I think he really shined in this G one and. As of the time of recording, it hasn't aired yet. But allegedly that Jungle Boy Jack Perry versus Doki match was so fucking good that everybody turned on Jack Perry and was just chanting Doki's name. Oh my god. I gotta see that. I mean, I'd watch wow. Jack Perry too. <laughs> For Doki. <laughs> I just love that because I'm assuming that 99% of the people in that arena had no fucking clue who Doki was, but you really don't need to, because as soon as you see him, you're like, yo, this dude looks fucking cool. I mean, yeah. Yeah, the big arms and, like, the eye paint, yeah. Wins them over every time. Yeah, not to mention the Doki Chokey is such a sick-looking move. Yeah. But we had our junior heavyweight tag team championships. That was a that was an interesting match that then served to create the best tag team the junior division has fucking seen in a while. So we had Francesco Kira and fucking bumass TJP. <laughs> win back the junior heavyweight tag belts from intergalactic jet setters Kushida and Kevin Knight I was very disappointed but I was okay with why they did it because then my boy Dan Maloney betrays United Empire because Will Ospreay's really bad at fielding new recruits and he has jumped ship to join the Bullet Club and is now going to be teaming with Clark Connors to challenge for the tag belts at that January 4th Corican Hall show I guarantee you they're winning those fucking belts. I I don't know. We'll 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 have to see. But okay, let me let me back things up for like just a second. This whole like Kushida turning heel thing, where where do you see Kushida going from there? Especially like after losing the tag titles. Like I I can't see him joining Bullet Club right now. Uh, he's. I don't see him in Lij. I, I see if he turns heel, he's sort of just a man without a country. I see him either going that man without a country route, which I think is the best course of action. But I feel like there's another new faction brewing that'll debut soon. Well, led by who? See, and that's the big thing. My big theory is that chaos is going to end up imploding sooner rather than later and will just fully spread apart so that frees up like a quarter of the fucking roster <laughs> you could literally make like three different factions out of chaos 
That's true. That's true. That's a possibility. But it could either go that route, or if they want to play it safe, they could always have Kevin Knight be the one to turn on Kushida. But everything about that Best of Super Juniors run felt like Kushida was at the tail end of a heel turn. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't see a route forward for Kushida that doesn't involve like a heel turn because, I mean, he, Kevin Kelly was burying the fuck out of him too. Just like, man, time for Kushida fucking retire. Like, God yeah, damn, shitting on Like, how the fuck does he even have the tag belt? Yeah, yeah. Which I like that every best of the Super Juniors, there will be one person that Kevin Kelly buries the fuck out of the whole tournament. Last year, it was Yo. He tore Yo apart and was basically just <laughs> like, dude, give it up. Yeah. Yeah, and then, uh, goddamn, Yoshitatsu got it at uh, All Together again. Whenever, whenever we yeah. get there, I almost feel like he took it too far. Because, I mean, he made me hate the match. And it wasn't even that bad of a match, but no. Yoshisatsu was 12 feet deep by the time that thing was over with. Oh, yeah. He just kept fucking going. I love Kevin Kelly, though. But we had our IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championship match, as well as the strong openweight tag belts. I did not care for anything about this match. I can't stand Yoshihashi. Still, fucking hate that dork. <laughs> he has been good for like. So he's been good for two to three years now, at least. He won, so it was a terrible match. <laughs> he won two fucking belts. That's four more than he should have ever gotten. But honestly, I do think they should have put it on House of Torture because evil. Evil was weirdly one of the MVPs of Best of the Super Juniors without even being in it, but all of his antics and shenanigans with show were fucking hilarious. Uh, yeah, they they did do a lot of good stuff this year. Especially his no, I'm defecting, I'm in the United Empire now shit. <laughs> yeah, I like that too. But I was disappointed to see them lose and even more disappointed to see Yoshihashi win and Hiroki Goto I used to be really big on him but the more time goes on the the more he starts to just kind of not do it for me I mostly am thinking that Yoshihashi is just leeching the life force out of him <laughs> when it, whenever I see him I always think I want to have a match with that guy talking about Goto like, he is just, he's one of the dads now. He, he you know what you're going to get with him. He, he's in a tag match. It's going to go 10 to 12. He's going to, like, simple spots, moves that everybody can take. I'm like, that, that's the kind, kind of guy that I want to wrestle. Like, that looks like it would be fun. Just somebody booked me in, like, an eight-minute match with, uh, with Goto. I'm, I'm with you. I'd wrestle Goto for eight minutes. Gato seems like he'd be a fun dude to work, but I don't know. I feel like the to me the moment that it the Goto shit truly sailed, and this was granted several years ago now, but it was 
the new beginning after I believe it was Wrestle Kingdom ten, whenever Goto made the big challenge to Okada. And I thought Goto was looking fucking incredible building up to that. And that was the most do or die moment for it. And Okada trucked him like a dork. And then Goto to solidify that he was a dork was like, Dan, you whoop my ass so bad, I'm going to become your underling and join your faction now and be your groupie. Terrible look. There are worse yeah. people to do that for than Okada, though. There are worse. I mean, there are significantly worse, but it's still, I thought that they made Goto look like such a strong top heel. And they didn't even necessarily have to put the belt on him, but I thought they should have ran with him as a top heel. Yeah. I don't know. The way the tag team with Yoshihashi, I think it's been really good, especially like the match they had with FCR at Wrestle Kingdom this year. That was kind of the match for me where it's like, you feel like New Japan has been pushing them as like one of the best tag teams. And Kevin Kelly always says they're one of the best tag teams in the world and all of that. And that was one of the matches that I was like, okay, this isn't just a tagline. Like their stuff just like really clicked for me then. And I don't know. I, I like the three-way tag of Dominion because I feel like whatever happens with the house of torture, their style and all the ref bumps and the interference and all of that tends to make for a very slow match and a very formulaic. And so when you had like Goto and Yoshihashi and like just that environment, it was so fast paced that like it almost kind of breathed the life into like the house of torture, like gimmick stuff that they've been doing. Like it felt like, oh, this might actually be the, be the end of the match, but it wasn't. And it kept going, and I don't know, it built to like a level of excitement for me. I don't know. Maybe I'm weird, but I kind of like this. It's well, enjoying to me to see like three and four ways in New Japan. Like, I'm never going to get used to that. It's like, what's yeah. next? We're doing cage matches? Like, it's weird. Oh, that was me when I was watching the Noah show from the other day when uh, Dante Leon was taking on Hayata, and they were thought out like a ladder and started doing like table spots where I was like is this like Michael Elgin and Naito like all over again like what's happening that was the weirdest fucking shit that oh don't remind me about that Michael Elgin intercontinental run <laughs> I liked it I, I'm I'm a Michael Elgin mark I don't I, support him but I supported his matches when he was at his peak I Liked him back in the day for what he was. Fuck him now, 100%. But I, even then, I did not buy him as Intercontinental Champion when he beat Really? And I loved that ladder match. I thought it was a great fucking match. But it just stuck out of, we already planned to take this belt off of him. You're just filling in for those shoes now. Yeah, I don't know. I've just always had like a special place in my heart for Michael Elgin because I the like one of the first wrestling pay per views I ever bought was like Best in the World 2014 for Ring of Honor. I think it was I think it was 2014, and the the main event of that one was uh, Elgin and Adam Cole, and then like all of his stuff in the G1 like 
I don't know. I'm just, I'm always like Michael Logan. Get some help, Michael. But we had our second bullet, or I guess second and third bullet club editions for the night to come out and challenge for. I don't know what set of tag belts they want. I'm hoping just one because I really don't want them to unify those belts. I think Strong is really starting to grow its own legs and it would be a horrible idea to get rid of any of those belts. But we've got Gabriel Kidd, who, glad to see him get something to do. Really liked him back in those What Culture Pro Wrestling days. And my boy Alex Coughlin, the fucking android who was looking bugged out of his mind. His eyes were so goddamn huge. He he looks like uh, Ron Swanson from uh, Parks and Recreation, but like just shredded. Yeah, he kind of does. And for those listening, if you aren't super familiar with him, he is literally like if you grew a fucking pro wrestler in a lab. Freakishly fucking strong. Looks great. Honestly, not that bad of a fucking promo. I saw him do basically a suplex using only his fucking neck muscles with in a match against uh, Jordan Oliver. <laughs> You're talking about the one that he does where like the guy is like sitting down like and he's on his knees and he like suplexes him like from his knees and then like stands up and then, like, completes it? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. He's a fucking freak in the ring in all the best ways. He consistently does some very impossible shit, so I think he's got a very bright future, and I also, once again, think that he will be our next tag champ. I think Bullet Club's about to take the fuck over the mid-card. So sick of Bullet Club. But they're so new now. They're exactly. I will say now is a better time in the summer of 2023 to be a fan of Bullet Club than it was in even like the spring of this year. Like they've almost had like a complete like rotation of like everybody out except for like Owens, Owens and Ishimori. Wait, so, why is Owens the name? They're all here. You said why is Owens still here? Yes. So you guys are not, you're, are we Chase Owens fans on this podcast? I like Chase. <laughs> I despise Chase. I've been on shows with Chase. He's an all baby. I love him. I, I love Chase Owens. I, I can't, I can't blaspheme Chase Owens. When he, he has those matches with Juice Robinson a couple years ago, those were like really, really good New Japan matches to me. The fun Chase Owens story from Japan, actually, I was, it was 2017, and I was at a like a house show, a New Japan house show, and Chase was in some match. And not long before that, he had wrestled at TWE in Chattanooga. He wrestled Jaden, and I think he beat Jaden. And uh, he, he takes the pin in like a six-man tag. And like, it's relatively quiet, and I just stood up and yelled, Yo, Chase, you won that match? Had you been in Tennessee? And he just kind of like looks over like in our general area, and I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> But overall, yeah, it's basically a brand new lineup. The only people still around from 
that were in the group last year is Ishimori, Owens, Gato, and Kenta. And Fale. Oh, and Fale. But Fale is so just there. He's like a tree at this point. Basically just existing in the background. Kind of what he's always done in the club, though. Yeah, but before he would at least look like great and menacing for those group poses and everything, and you can count on him to hit corner clotheslines during eight man. <laughs> and for Prince Devitt to ride out on his shoulders. Exactly. Like he had his purpose, but now it's it's very weird where he stands in current bullet club. And I feel like it's just because they don't know what else they would do with him if they took him out. Well, Japan likes good guys. They like big foreigners, and he's going to have a job for life as long as he wants it. Oh, yeah. But already with the lineup of David Hen- or David Finley at the helm, which I'm growing more and more keen on him as time grows on, I think he's struggling a bit to figure out how to work as a heel versus a baby face, but I think he's getting there, and I think he's a good pick to try to push up because especially his performance last year in the G1, he proved that he can fucking go. He just needs a little bit of help. But him at the helm with Gato managing him. Now we've got Clark Connors, Taiji Ishimori, and Dan Maloney to hold out the junior division and technically show in Dick Togo, but House of Torture is so much its own thing that it's barely even bullet club then heavyweight side of things you still got Fale and Owens and you've still got Kenta but now we've got Gabriel Kidd and Alex Coughlin for a heavyweight tag team a lot of new blood for it I think I think there will probably be another addition to it here soon I don't know who it's probably going to be an outside hire but I'm really excited and enjoying the bullet club 2.0 2.0 yeah I think they've got a lot of momentum right now like you said I think they're still trying to find their way with David Finley uh which Finley was weird to me because even when he was working like full-time as a baby face there was something that just came across like unlikable to me like when he was a baby face just something about like the way he carried himself I was like this guy would be a, a good heel and then he turned heel and and then he cut that one promo. I think it was on like the New Japan USA show in Philadelphia where he was talking about like killers and savages and things like that. And so I immediately in my mind put him in like cringe jail. And he's still kind of serving out that sentence where like I don't, I can't like emotionally attach myself to that yet. But I think once he finds his feet, he could, uh, he could be something good. But I like the stuff that they're doing with Kenton now where he's just sort of like the corniest vor- version of himself. Um, yeah, Folly's kind of take it or leave it. Like you said, he used to be the guy that you could put in there with Tanahashi that like could believably beat Tanahashi in a G1. And I don't think he's even like at that level anymore. But the rest of Bullet Club, I think there's some stuff we're getting excited about. Like you said, Clark, Clark Connors, Dan Maloney. I think they've got a high ceiling. Alex Coughlin and Gabriel Kidd. I'm interested to see how that plays out. I think they're going to win the uh, strong open weight titles on the fourth, but I don't see them getting both sets of belts. 
I uh, they're doing there. I see them yeah. most likely getting the strong ones so they can go ahead and split them up and it's going to be way easier to have them work the stage side shows than bringing in Goto and Yoshihashi who neither of them really come over for the strong shows very much. Right. But overall, yeah, a lot of new blood in it that, to me, it feels almost like an entirely new faction. The only thing I would tweak about it is while we're letting David Finley find his legs, I think that Kenta should be the front man. That should have been the the route they went, yes. But I feel like they wouldn't want to... I feel like that already, a lot of people feel a little bit mixed about there being anyone that isn't foreign in Bullet Club and I feel like that would definitely be a massive departure from original Bullet Club I guess ideology but I think it's moved to the point that it's basically bigger than what it ever could have been at that point and it's just a permanent brand now. Well it did take a long time for people to get used to Ishimori even being in it Yeah, that one took me a while to get used to because I was not feeling it at first. I thought, well, you finally landed Ishimori. Why don't you just push him as your next ace? And, I mean, it worked out and they basically did. Yeah, but it was just like, oh, he's going to be the baby of the the Bullet Club now. Mm. Yeah, I remember when Ishimori came in and he was having like those great matches with Hiromu like in the first, like, best of the super juniors like 2018 or something like that and i thought he was going to be like a lot bigger than what he's ended up like painting out as but i mean he's still he's always fun to watch he is and then bullet club kind of continued their domination with finley defending the never open weight championship over el Fantasma, which i'm not really sure what the fuck is what what are they doing with him right now like the never open weight title reign, or like with Finley or Fantasma. With El Fantasma. I, I, they're definitely building to something bigger down the line with him and Finley, but that also begs the question: why you would have him just like blow the doors off of Fantasma in the match? Yeah, I didn't make a lot. That match felt really one sided to me, which I get putting over David Finley that hard because you need to sell his offense as a killer because they're trying to sell the visual of David Finley as now a killer but I just felt like it didn't make David Finley look strong it just made El Fantasma look pathetic and I don't think that match did anyone any favors and even then Kevin Kelly was kind of burying El Fantasma just being like well it's that numbers game, and he kept selling the whole El Fantasmo needs to find friends fast, which is another reason why I think we've got another faction brewing that he's likely going to helm. And I could see Kushida being slotted into that. What if Kushida is the leader? That's my vote. Well, I think it's just like an awkward position because Kushida needs to come out heel somehow whereas like Fantasmo I think is definitely better positioned as a babyface 
like a lot of his stuff he's gotten over like really big as a baby face lately so i i don't know how you'd be able to like make uh, both of those things need to happen i feel like but i don't know how you would like make them happen together see i feel like they're going to end up turning el phantasmo heel relatively quickly i feel like he's gonna end up having a very short baby face run because I feel like right now with how the roster is, they've set up a lot of new baby faces and that the tweener that is Suji because he's very much walking that middle road. But I think in terms of big heels to pair up against them, they don't have as many. Like they've got Finley. They're clearly trying to do something with Ikaleu. And I'm assuming Gorillas of Destiny will also eventually turn heel again to kind of do that. If that is, if they even stick around, since I don't know, I feel like for the last two years, I keep hearing Tomatong is going to go to WWE. And now I am coming up on another Wrestle Kingdom, which will probably be the third one in a row where I see so many reports being like, this is going to be Tonga's last show. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I I wouldn't have any major problem with that. Like, I like Tomatonga, and I don't know. I feel like I'm to the point with him where it's like, if they don't go ahead and pull the trigger and, like, do something really big with him, that the moment's kind of already passed. Like, he's kind of being goatoed. And I almost feel like that's already happened when they had him beat... Who did he beat in G1 last year? Did he beat Okada? I know he beat, uh, he beat Jay White, didn't he? Yeah, he beat yeah, Jay White. And that was his big moment. And then he had picked up the Never Belt. But then, I don't know. I feel like him winning the Never Championship at Wrestle Kingdom was their version of this is your big moment now. And yeah. I think he's very much been goto now, which is too bad because while I don't think he's world champion material, I definitely think that you could have done more with the Never run or even a really good U.S. title run. Yeah, I agree, because when it was over, I don't want to say he felt like transitional to Finley, but there was no doubt in my mind when I heard the match announced that Finley was going to take the title from him. Like, it just... The, I don't know, they... Like you said, there's a lot that you can do with Tomatonga, but he's been around for so long that I don't know if I necessarily want to see it at this point. Yeah, it's they've taken too long that it at this point it would be too little too late with him. Now Tonga on the other hand. Tongaloa, I have I am so mixed on. Like I go back and forth on him. Every time I see him in a match on paper, I'm like, ugh. And then the bell rings, and then I'm like, dude, yeah, I it's fucking, fucking good. love Tongaloa. It's <laughs> hard as shit. He never shuts up. He's fucking hilarious. Yeah, he's got the weirdest kind of charisma where, like, yeah, I feel the same thing, but, like, I've felt that for so long that, like, now I'm actively hyped about it because I know anything that he's going to be in is even better than, like, what I'm expecting just because, like, he just plays off of, like, spur-of-the-moment stuff, like, so well. Oh yeah, I will never, he will always get props in my book for being the man that got them, in, got swearing temporar or temporarily banned in English, 
because of that fucking Wrestle Kingdom. The amount of times I'd play that clip while Jake and I were working together of the fuck shit. I hate you. <laughs> fuck you, motherfucker. Yeah. Yes. That is the fucking greatest. And then just Kevin Kelly corpsing on commentary the whole time. And Steve Carino wheezing. Yeah. Yes. Like, that's what I'm really excited for about him finally coming back from injury in the G1. Yeah, I'd be fine if Tomatonga went to WWE and Tongaloa went with him, but I'd still like to see Tongaloa and Jeff Cobb before he gets out of there, if if that's what's going to happen. That's... See, I'm not, because I know exactly what they'll fucking do with them. Yeah. What's that? They're going to end up in the... with fucking Roman. God damn it. No, they're not even Samoan. They're not even Samoan. Oh, but you all Samoans are related, Jake. That's canon. No, I I feel like they would. They're gonna just shoot them in with AJ Styles, but I don't think they would bring in both of them because in their eyes, they've already got the original Bullet Club tag team that they can get. Why do they need the replacement tag team? It still pisses me off, though, that they make more of a fucking on-air connection between AJ, Carl, and and, and Omi. More than with, yeah, with Gallows than with fucking Finn in those two. It pisses me off. They ran with Finn and them for a minute, but it was the most weird, like, they didn't know what to do because they definitely didn't want to turn Finn heel because he was way too over. But it was just like, oh, it's the club. And they would just stand behind him all menacing and Finn would just be grinning like a little kid. Yeah, which is exactly what Bullet Club was. (laughs) (laughs) It was Finn and his big friends. That's all it was. (laughs) But now coming full circle from our best of the Super Juniors finals with Watto fulfilling the prophecy. Now getting his one-on-one rematch with Hiromu because he got fucking robbed at Wrestle Kingdom. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen? He got fucking robbed again. <laughs> Hiromu wins, lol. Dude, I am... I bitch about Hiromu so much to Jake because I adore that man. One of the best wrestlers in the fucking world. One of the greatest wrestlers to ever grace a New Japan ring. He's where I took my inspiration for my jacket. Yeah, he's fucking... Timeless and iconic. Always will give you a great match, too. But goddamn, am I so sick of his run on top of the junior division. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's like that's how I felt about Kushida. Where like whenever Hiromu came in, and I was such a big fan of Hiromu. Like, especially when he beat uh he beat Kushida in like three minutes or something, like yeah. in that one year. I was like, oh, thank God. Like, they're finally moving on from Kushida. And then he has become the very thing he sought to destroy. Yeah, he is. And to me, it's honestly even worse because... I'm sorry, but three straight best of the Super Juniors is fucking ridiculous. It's it's too many. That's too many. No one should ever ever be booked to win a tournament three times in a row i'm willing to back to back certain circumstances 
it, it that's a case by case basis but there is zero cases where three times is ever like fuck yeah let's do it do, do you think this is, might have been in the 90s how people were starting to feel about Liger because like Liger ran roughshod over the fucking juniors for goddamn a decade just about yes but at the same time there during a lot of that time, there wasn't as many options other than Liger to truly put in that top position because that is they had a robust division, but there was a massive gap between <coughs> your Liger and your El Samurai and your Koji, and then everyone else is mm -hmm. four pegs lower. And so there just wasn't a lot of room. But I feel like I feel like there had to have been people that were like, God fucking damn it, why is Lager getting this again? <laughs> yeah. Or if, like people probably felt that way with um when um damn it. Chono, when Chono won was it like three fucking G ones in a row. Yeah. See and it's like, well, he's just gonna go fucking I, lose Yeah, so like I'm he's so just gonna go lose at the dome. Like he won like every fucking G one, it seemed like, but then like he'd go lose the title match at the dome match. Okay. <laughs> it's all good because he retired Mudo. So that is everything I can want out of his book. He, bu he booked in Mudo's career. He was Mudo's That's first best best thing ever. And on top of it, Naito got fucked out of yet another Tokyo Dome main event. <laughs> hey, Justice you gotta keep the storyline going. Exactly. Justice for Naito. But. God damn, it was such a good match, and that was one of those matches where you think like, oh, here's their coronation, so you have in the back of your mind like, oh, this dude's gonna win the belt, and you're just waiting for it, and then Watto starts hitting those fucking Watto plexes, and he starts hitting that weird-ass finisher that I always forget what it's called, and then, nope, Haralu manages to just wrap it up again in basically the same fashion as Wrestle Kingdom where it is just a quick out of nowhere fuck you here's my finisher I'm winning Romu wins lol and it's <laughs> I just think that already Wrestle Kingdom should have been his crowning moment he didn't even need a long run but they should have given it to him and they didn't and I was like you know what I'll see the vision because he's now won best of the super juniors so this is an even better scenario the wrestle kingdom loss was easier to pallet though because it was biblically accurate hiromu yeah so just a little easier but the dominion one i feel like upset me more only because he had he'd finally proven himself because i feel like everyone doubted watto at the beginning who are you to doubt everyone loved to shit on blue hair watto even though it looked cool and honestly, to an extent, rightfully so, because he was missing a lot of those key tools. But I think in the last calendar year, he has figured everything out and proven himself to be that next junior ace. When I was yeah. asking, didn't Romo was in his way? Yeah. My thing with Watto is. I don't know. I didn't mind the Dominion loss as much because I feel like, I don't know, I'm sort of like invested in the story 
because if you remember leading into the dome match, like Kevin Kelly was like, yeah, we're having like a triple threat and like Watson was going to be a part of it too, but he's not going to win. So he doesn't really count. And so then he gets in the match and it's like a really fucking good match. And he starts getting close and it starts building to like, oh shit, Watson is going to do it. And then he doesn't. And then he wins best of the super juniors, which I don't think anybody expected. And he comes really close to winning the belt. And then he doesn't. So I feel like they're drawing it out to the point where like maybe King of Pro Wrestling this year or like the Dome next year, Watto is going to finally get it. So I'm enjoying the the ride to where Watto finally goes. So you would say that Watto winning the Best of Super Juniors was unpredictable? Maybe I'm in the minority here, but I just I didn't have that on my bingo card for this year. Oh, I that was when I did my... When I filled out my bracket, that was who I had going to finals and winning. I knew this was Watto's year. He will be the grandmaster. I don't know. I had I had like Desperado circled. I thought there was a chance of Hiromu. Like I don't know, there wasn't anybody that was like a clear standout, but it kind of felt like it was Desperado's time, like in some ways and the announcers were kinda of like building it up that way too. So I guess I kinda of took the low hanging fruit on that. I, uh, yeah, Watto came out of left field for me. I don't think Despo's ever going to get the the big rub. No. Which is so unfortunate after, like, the last, even, like, two years that he's had. Like, main eventing that one show with uh, with Ibushi when they did the junior champion versus the heavyweight champion. Mm-hmm. Like, all of that. Desperado's just been so hot. We, uh, we've come full circle now, but he's been so hot for so long. Mm. That like, I don't know. I just, I, I could could have seen that coming. Well, I, and I'm all for a fucking a junior being, you know, a masked junior being the the tops of the fucking division. I'm all yeah. for that. I Bring back think, the '90s. I still think Desperado's got a bright future with the Never Belt or the TV title. There you go. That's actually a very plausible choice to beat Saber. It'd be a good match. Yeah. Oh yeah, Zach. Well, Zach versus anybody is going to be fucking great. I yeah. I love Zach. Well, now that we have truly brought things into full circle, we love a symmetrical podcast. But that was our coverage over Best of the Super Juniors Dominion, as well as kind of going over what lies ahead for New Japan as we've got that G1 Climax coming around the corner which we will definitely be covering and I'll be watching very very closely Okada wins lol nah that door ain't making that out as block I don't think come on here it comes just watch I think well I mean they're doing the thing this year where like the top two like point finishers in the block get to like move on so I don't think (laughs) I, he's moving on. I don't know if he'll be like 1A or 1B, but I, I think he's making it out of his block. I think I think he and Mia takes him out. Don't be surprised if he wins the whole goddamn thing, man. He's he's new Chono. No. <laughs> Q, I honestly don't even know yet who I'd pick to win, but Kiyomiya's got to kick his ass. He has to do Noah proud. Let, unless you... You know, you roll it another way. You let it. You know, he he gets the win over him, and then you can go to a fucking Noah show and let him stop 
you know, Okada's head in there in front of his own. No, I guarantee you if they did it in a Noah ring, Okada would beat his ass even harder. <laughs> yeah, they, nobody hates Kiyomiya more than pro wrestling Noah themselves. Yeah, honestly. Okay, uh, you can find me on Instagram at, uh, I think it's like Punk Rock Dark Roast. I haven't changed it in like two years. Uh, so you can find me there. Uh, and I actually just started a podcast on my own. Uh, with a buddy from work, it's called the Drop Down Leapfrog Dropkick Wrestling Podcast. Uh, so you can find us there. We are uh, exclusively on YouTube right now, but uh, we're we're kind of working on some things uh, in the future. So, and uh, cheap plug, I don't know if, uh, when the show will come out, but uh, tomorrow I will be on Fusion Pro Wrestling uh, Feudal Meltdown. Right. So uh, I'm not exactly sure what I'm doing yet. Maybe uh, maybe in a program, uh, or I may just be doing commentary. But uh, so the shows usually come out like a couple months after they're taped. So uh, yeah, so if you if you're in the mood for some for some wrestling, come uh, come check it out. There it is. I'll have to check it out. I can personally attest that the boy Bivens is pretty crisp in the ring. He is. I've been in the ring with him a couple times. I was going to say, it's only when I'm in the ring with Jake Murphy. Jake Murphy makes me look better than, than anybody else. So, much appreciated. Yeah, I'm a mechanic, what can I say? <laughs> you you just post really good for like a spinning, delayed Michinoku driver. Hey, one of my favorite moves to take, actually. <laughs> Go with a Michi. And that's the end of our show, and I'll tell you what you need to bring. Bring Yen! Get it? Because it's Japanese. Oh yeah, then it's Japanese money. Wow!